to another episode of Are You Fucking Shitting Me? I'm Rachel. And I'm April. How you doing, April? Great. Good. Yeah, I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited about this whole month of episodes. I love Halloween and I love spooky stuff. So, you know, I, I like, I, I'm also skeptical, but I also am interested in all this stuff. It's just fun. It is super fun. I love to find out about this stuff. Uh, and like I said in last week's episode, I mean, I grew up in Sacramento, which is a town that's supposedly haunted. And when you grow up in a town like that, it's everyone has a haunting story. And so it's just kind of routine. So I also grew up in California in the 70s. And I also thought horoscopes were real when I was growing up. My dad was super <laughs> into them. And, you know, I, I didn't know to be skeptical. It, it was in the newspaper. I think they're fun, even if they're right or wrong. I, I like them. <laughs> they are really fun. So I will agree with you there. But, you know, it's, it, it, it's all just fun. Yeah. So right. let's not take ourselves so seriously. Exactly. So was there something you wanted to follow up on this week? Yeah, actually, last week, I forgot to talk about one of the clearing rituals that Molly informed me of. Like I had known the whole like sage a house, sweet grass a house. And then we heard Jane talk about what she does to clear some ghosts from a house. Molly was telling me when she moved into her home, she did a Japanese ritual, which involves vodka in Immediately, I'm on board. Apparently, you, you take vodka or the like, some sort of alcohol, and you fill your mouth with it, and you go around your house, and you spit out the vodka, and you scream and yell and laugh, and it's like it's joyous celebration of living. So you're living in the house, I guess, is my interpretation of it, and it's it was pretty fun. Okay, I kind of love that, except who had to clean up the vodka? I don't know, maybe you spit into a bowl or something. Okay, if you do that, I'm fine with it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I I am so tense about, (laughs) I don't like rituals where there's a mess that's being made. I cannot wrap my head around that. So like, while I'm totally cool with like, swishing vodka around in your mouth and then swallowing it (laughs) and jumping up and down, I'm totally cool with that. But I just think about who's the poor mom that has to clean that up. Yeah, I don't mind spitting out vodka. I'd probably swish around and drink the gin. Well, let's just make it a rule that our Japanese house clearing ritual involves gin. All right. I'm down with that. All right, good. (laughs) So what's going on this week? So this week, I talked to a ghost hunter. I talked to, yeah, yeah, a real (laughs) ghost hunter, uh, a paranormal investigator. Her name is Jennifer Morton. She lives in Sacramento, California, and she runs an organization called American River Paranormal. Okay, I cannot wait to hear this. Let's listen. My name is Jennifer Morton, and I am a paranormal investigator for American River Paranormal. You know, it was sort of one of those things I I fell into. I was interested in all the ghost hunting shows and such, and a friend and I just decided to approach one of the local paranormal groups in the Sacramento area and ask if they had any openings. So we just kind of jumped in with both feet. I have a bio-sci degree from UC Davis. That's my background, and then I actually work in marketing. I'm less likely to trust things at face value, and I'm more likely to kind of be open to other possibilities. So even if we go to a place and we catch voices and see shadows and see a bunch of stuff, 
do I know that it's a ghost? Well, who knows? I, it's opened me up, I think, more just opened up to the possibilities. So is it a spirit? Is it a ghost? Is it even like time? I mean, everyone thinks of time as being linear. Who's to say it's not, you know, circular and you're not just seeing, you know, a shadow of, of another moment in time. Even now, looking back, I can't even totally tell you if I would say it was paranormal or it was a dream that I just remember very vividly, but I remember growing up being at my grandparents' house, being in their hall, and seeing these dragonflies, the like the shadows of these dragonflies flying around on the back of their hall. And I was just fascinated with them and was following them around, and there were no dragonflies there. And then it happened a second time with the dragonflies, probably about a year later on their front door. I was seeing these dragonfly shadows of dragonflies that didn't exist. And ever since then, I kind of feel like if I have a dragonfly that comes up to me and will like stay with me for a while, it it sort of signals different things and important events in my life. So that's unlike anybody else's story that I've ever heard, but it's kind of a personal experience for me, I would say. I don't feel like I'm a sensitive by any means. I feel like I'm definitely pretty much like everybody else around you. I feel like when you're around it more, you become a little bit more sensitive to what it feels like when there's a possibility that something's going on. So I definitely can't walk into a building and be like, oh yes, this is haunted. There's a there's a male figure here. There's, you know, I, I, I don't have that ability. And part of me is really um, hard to trust that if I go into a place, I'm like, oh, this place is haunted. Am I thinking that because that's what I'm feeling or am I thinking that because of what I'm seeing and because of the way it looks that I would just automatically assume that it's haunted? And I think that's might be an instance where my my science background may get the best of me a little bit because I'm... I'm I, I, don't, I want more than just what I see to convince me that something is um, is haunted. And and I we have people on our team that that are sensitive, and I'm I'm envious of them, but I don't have that um, ability myself. In order to vet clients, Jennifer's organization has a pretty extensive checklist to make sure what her clients are experiencing is paranormal and not something else. So we have a pretty good vetting process. We have a questionnaire that's four or five pages long that we go through with clients. One, to see if we feel like the property warrants an investigation. And then once we get to the location, there's definitely things we do ahead of time. We confirm with the homeowners or business owners what's going on, where the activity is happening, We go through each room, we take our EMF meters. Okay, I just wanted to stop for a second. EMF stands for electromagnetic fields. We'll find out more about what that is in a bit. We take our EMF meters and we look at all of the electrical in the place with them just to make sure everything's grounded really well and that EMF isn't leaking off of lights and electrical outlets, which people don't immediately realize, but a lot of people who feel like they're being watched or they feel like that kind of an energy of something's something's around me, something's watching me, that kind of on edge feeling, a lot of that can be caused if if your electrical isn't well grounded. 
Jennifer says the demographic of her clients runs the gamut, but there is usually at least one believer. Regarding age and um, like socioeconomic background and such, I would say that definitely runs the gamut. I would say at least one of the homeowners or business owners is a believer, which is kind of why we're there. Frequently there will be skeptics there, which we certainly encourage and it, it, you know we welcome that. So yeah, I would say it's anybody and everybody, but usually there's at least one believer there, which is how we got called in. We've had some, some investigations where we will like say the name of somebody that had passed away of that person's that, and we don't know these things. We don't pre-investigate or look up stuff on, on, a, on a home. And so, you know, when you get that or when you're there and you hear a voice play back through a recorder that you were in the room for when it got recorded and you didn't hear that voice with your ears the first time, it's, it's it can be pretty compelling. Most of the places we have investigated have been locations that have been haunted. I have investigated a haunted chair, a chair that had an attachment to it. There are instances where, you know, I know I've seen objects that have attachments on them and I've actually gone into investigations with investigators who bring a haunted object with them, which is kind of fascinating in its own right. But I wouldn't say that most of the places that I have personally investigated, I've been able to pinpoint down to a lamp or, or a ring or, you know, grandma's old blanket or something like that. Unless the homeowner thinks something in advance might have an attachment to it and we investigate, investigate it, I, I, I don't have a ton of experience um, investigating haunted objects. One of the most fascinating things to me is how different things and places have been. You know, I, and I try not to, but I'll find later when I leave a place going, man, I thought that we were going in and, you know, this was going to happen. I was completely unprepared for, you know, this whole other thing that, that opened up while we were, while we were there. So there's the, amount of possibilities and the amount of things that we have seen and discovered and uncovered has been truly remarkable. That's what I think what's made, you know, I went into it probably with one set of beliefs and at this point in time I'm just so much more open to possibilities than I was, um, you know, five or six years ago. I, I would say that I see a lot less than I thought I would. A part of that is because a lot of what we investigate is at night and not so much because uh, activity is greater at night, although in some cases it is, but because people tend to put so much emphasis on the eyes that when you investigate in a darker room or a darker area where you have to put more emphasis on your other senses, you tend to pick up more with your other senses. So I really like using, like one of my favorite um, pieces of equipment is the digital voice recorder, which records EVPs, voices that, you know, you'll ask a question and you don't hear anything and then you replay your recorder and you might get an answer. 
I really like that. I like that a lot more um, than saying, oh my gosh, this room really feels haunted, um, which is great. It's a great opportunity and a great place to start, but it's hard to leave a house and tell a homeowner, yeah, we really felt like your, your house is haunted. I, I, I much rather prefer saying this, this, and this happened, which are a little bit more tangible. By no means is investigating the paranormal overly scientific because it's it's hard to really truly do that in a scientific environment, but I feel like the more you can go into it with a feeling of, oh, they say this is happening, oh, it's definitely haunted, but going in and being like, well, it could be this, it could be that, or yeah, we have all of this to support, what you are thinking and feeling and experiencing. I, I, I really like that. I asked her more about the equipment she uses. So we have trigger objects, or I, um, I have, personally, I have a bear and I have a doll. Both have built-in EMF detectors and stuff. So you can use them, we'll light up pink on one side and blue on the other, so you can use that for yes and no questions. I was at a, what used to be a hospital, and we used the doll um, to call in a little girl who was, you know, supposedly there, and then um, one of the investigators was like, oh, isn't she so pretty, talking about the doll, and then when you played back the recorder, there was a voice of this little girl that said, so pretty which is pretty cool and i have a bear that's very similar to that if you get close to it it'll start talking more the bear um the bear will start talking and all of which is just to try to entice if if there's something there that wants to interact with us to feel more welcome so i have those those are trigger objects um a digital voice recorder which i use all the time I have what's called a spirit box, which basically it's this, this little box that sweeps radio frequencies and generates white noise, which allows an entity or spirit to communicate and use that white noise to form words if, if it chooses. I have a mel meter, which measures EMF. I have a K2 meter, which also measures electromagnetic energy. A lot of that you can use just to see if there's stuff going on or to call in entities or to ask them to raise the meter or the colors on like the K2 meter. I use dowsing rods. I have a flare camera, which is a thermal imaging camera to see um, basically heat signatures. And then we also have full spectrum cameras, which allow you to see a uh, like a broader spectrum of light than what the eye can can see. I asked Jennifer to explain more about the dowsing rods. So traditionally, dowsing rods have been used to like find water. They're like bent rods, um, pieces of metal, and they're in like a little holder thing that you hold, and so the the rods can freely swing. And then if you're connected, you can kind of, you know, keep them at center so where they're both pointing forward. And then you can ask questions and you can ask the spirit or the entity to move the rods. I use open for yes, close for no. So you can ask questions. And if you just are holding super steady or sitting, if the rods will open or close, it's a possible means of potentially connecting with a spirit. So the bear, um, 
it's there and then if if it senses it has like um temperature sensors on it and stuff so if it feels itself getting warmer it'll be like or colder it'll be like oh it's cold in here if it senses a spike in, in an emf it'll it, it just has these like pre-programmed phrases that it'll say which are basically to try to encourage um, something to talk to it or to play with it or to get closer to it. So electromagnetic fields, it's like the energy fields that, um, that now they're real. So if like your cell phone is on um, and you're in an, in an investigation, the pulse that your phone, when it reaches out just to like ping the nearest cell tower and such, will make the um, equipment pulse as well electrical will make it happen as well so like if you put any of that equipment like next to an alarm clock or microwave or something like that you'll get this reading that'll extend out like four to six feet so those things you're like okay these are known reasons why there's a high emf reading but if let's say you get this one area in the middle of the room and no one has their cell phones on and there's no bleed from anything around you and you start talking and asking if there's something there, if it would all come near, for whatever reason, it seems that there's a correlation with spirit activity and EMF readings. And so they will go higher when that energy is near. My favorite places to investigate are probably Virginia City and Gettysburg. I, I find both of those towns are just super haunted. My feeling for that is because both of those locations are very much now how they were then. I think it makes it really easy for the energy that's there to feel like it's at home because it recognizes the the locations around it. There's the USS Hornet, which is a anti-aircraft or an aircraft carrier that's docked in uh, San Francisco that has been just fascinating. One of my personally favorite stories is this private residence that we investigated and when we got there this is a good example we had the the wife who was a believer she called us in and then the husband who was like yeah my wife's off her rocker i don't know what's going on but yeah the house seems a little bit off and so they said that they had a room upstairs that just was haunted and it gave them a bad feeling and they didn't know why but their cats wouldn't go in the room and it was just off so we said okay great let's go up there and take a look um and we didn't ask which room it was we wanted to see if we could figure it out and it was very obvious or there were three or four rooms upstairs and it was actually pretty obvious you could just when you went into that room the, the thing i talked about earlier about how okay yeah you could feel that the energy was different in this room and so we sat in there for a while and we were using the dowsing rods and my my trigger doll of my Raggedy Ann. And both the Raggedy Ann doll and the dowsing rods were giving the same answers at the same time, which I like. I like seeing that I'm getting intelligent responses from more than one more than one thing. And so at the time we were asking, you know, is there anyone here? Yes, is there um, is it a 
Is it a relative? Yes. Do you have a message that you would like to pass? Yes. Um, and they were like, well, will you tell us your name? Yes. Um, and then we used the dowsing rod to ask for um, the name to basically be spelled out to us. And we got the name Heather. And so, which I, uh, the, I, I thought that was awesome. I mean, the fact that we were just using dowsing rods and had something spelled out to us was phenomenal. And so we go downstairs and we see the wife and we're like, okay, do you know a Heather? And she looks at us with this blank stare and she's like, no. And I can't tell you at first we were like, because oh. <laughs> we thought, oh man. And she's like, well, let me go get my husband. And so we ask, so then he comes and we're like, do you know a Heather? And he's all, and his face goes all white. He's like, why? And I'm like, well, because we have a Heather upstairs who wants to talk. And he's like, my cousin, Heather, died 18 months ago. And I'm like, well, I think she's here because she says she's family and she says she has a message for you. Do you guys want to come upstairs? And he's like, okay. You know, he still thinks we're a little bit um, wackadoodles, <laughs> which is fine. Um, and then we go upstairs with him and, and basically we just from yes and no questions, because we weren't getting anything with the um, digital voice recorder, but with both the doll and the dowsing rods, we were getting that there was a grandmother that was also there. We were getting that he had the husband and wife at this point had this friend who was a biker who had also passed away about six months earlier. He was there and you could just feel the energy in this room. It was unlike any case I've ever been on. Everybody's hair on their arms was just standing up. It was the mo it was so charged. And basically we found out that they had a chair that had been brought in from downstairs, which we never would have gotten if it hadn't been for the homeowners who started asking more questions and there is this chair downstairs that according to all the relatives and friends that had passed on that were gathered up in the this room upstairs that this chair downstairs had an attachment on it and they were there to help move the young man like an 18 year old boy who was supposedly attached to this chair downstairs and so both the husband and wife, they're just openly crying now. We're all just feeling really emotional. And so we go downstairs and, it, and we start talking to a chair who also starts giving us intelligent responses saying that, yes, there was a boy attached to this chair. He was about 18 years old. He'd been at the end, like attached to this chair for, I don't know, decades and was ready to move on. And so with the help of... We just happened to have someone with us who felt like she could help us move this attachment, this young man, into the light. And then the family members that were all upstairs um, who had passed, we felt were all there to just help this young man cross to the other side. So whether or not that's what, the, what happened or not happened, it's the only case I've ever been on where I felt like I was in a movie, where I felt like there was... We were called in there. I felt like we were called in there by the by the family up in the up in the bedroom, and they had a mission for us, and and we did it. And according to the homeowners, all activity stopped after that. All the problems, all the stuff that they were dealing with, was gone after that. One time when I was in Genoa, I was at an investigation in their historic old jail, which was 
their whole the whole jail was probably like a 10 by 10 room it was it was small but we had with us the granddaughter of uh, the old sheriff and the granddaughter was in her 70s so this the sheriff was um from like the, I don't know, the late 1800s or something, um, early 1900s that we were trying to contact and be with. And we were getting little hits on the EMF detectors. We were getting little things. I wasn't necessarily positive that we were talking to something intelligently or or not. And I just happened to look through my, my IR camera and I saw a full-on, full-bodied apparition, basically. It was just this solid solid cowboy looking person including the hat and just the swagger and the way it stood and nothing just um that you could make out other than this outline up against the wall and the follower wall and so i kind of looked at that and then i looked with my eyes because i thought it was a real person there's no one there and i looked again through my camera and then i looked up and well does anyone else see and then it was gone it completely disappeared so it was like once I became like, or like it became aware that I was aware of it, it, it left. So I, I found that really fascinating and interesting, but that's the only full bodied apparition that I've, that I've had and seen. I'll tell you about one case. It's the only case I've ever been on where I feel like something evil was at the property and it's a weird it's a weird place so we're at this it's another was a private residence i was there the homeowners there were two of them they when you went into the garage they had a lot of wiccan stuff a lot of what they said they were wiccan i was there twice the first time i was there i did most of my investigation in the garage because we were supposedly talking with her aunt and um we were getting very intelligent responses. It was very interesting. And then we left and they wanted us to come back because um, one of the two homeowners was, was getting um, attacked. She was getting scratches across her. And so we went back a second time and, but it was after we had listened to the, all of our recordings and stuff the first time and a couple when we had separated our group had separated into two other groups and so the other group one of our investigators says ow someone pushed me and then when you listened to the recording come back you hear a whisper that says push her and then she says ow someone pushed me and it was a little bit freaky and then the other part of it was they had a bunch of dogs that they kept outside while we were investigating and the dogs would bark regularly. And we discovered when we were playing back our, our recordings later that every time the dogs were barking was the same time we were picking up voices. And we were picking up lots of voices. We were picking up human voices, um, which they weren't, they just weren't very nice. And then we were also picking up growling and things that just sounded um, not, just not nice. And when we came back the second time, they had a um, cross that was up on the door right before we had gotten there. And the cross had turned over and flung off the wall. 
And when we were there, we were walking and something threw a penny at us that wasn't there. And then when we left, I ended up getting a, a, a medallion, a St. Christopher's medallion, and I kept that on me for three days because one of our investigators got scratched the next night. It was, it, it was the only place I've ever gone to where I wasn't going to go back because I felt like I just wasn't equipped to handle what, whatever was there. It was a very powerful, and there was a lot going on at that, at that location. I've had places where, you know, I might get, you know, like a jump start, a scare type of thing for a moment, but none of it scares me. We, we very much go into properties very respectfully, introducing ourselves, saying we're not there to try to push anything out. We're not there to um, cause any trouble. We're there to see if anything's there that would like to talk to us. And we're very respectful when we go in because most of what we, we have come across has been of what we would assume to be the human nature. And, you know, people living or dead just, you know, want to be treated with respect. So that's, that's definitely how we've always approached our investigations. I asked Jennifer what she thinks is going on. I think some of it are, you know, your loved ones that are reaching out because they have something they would like to say to you. Or I, I have a personal belief that you have your spirit guides that are, you know, that surround you. And I think sometimes when we go to investigate a place, we are communicating with, you know, your spirit guides. I, I've been to a place where when we went into it, I was pretty much just going to be using it as a training example for a couple of new members because I didn't think that, that we were going to find anything. It was a brand new homeowner who went into the place. They weren't even living there yet, but she had heard that the previous homeowner had died in the house and she just wanted to be sure that, you know, he wasn't there anymore. And when we got there, he, very clear as day, was actually still there. He had, unfortunately, um, when he'd passed, um, had really bad Alzheimer's. And when we left, our feeling on that was that he had just been really confused. And when he died, he wasn't aware that he had died. But after, you know, they got there, because originally the couple was like, yeah, we want, we want you to move whatever's there. We want you to move them out. We want to be gone. And then over the course of the evening with him talking to us, and because he was very communicative, she was like, you know, he can stay. He can stay until he's ready to go because it was his house. It was his house. It was his place, you know, and, and she didn't want to kick him out. And over time, she she's like, you know, for what? Because I kept in touch with her a long time. And she's like, you know, he would leave the toilet seat up. You know, they'd both, she'd be the last one to leave in the morning and the first one to come home from work. And um, she'd come home and the toilet seat would be up. And she's like, and it's, it's really freaking me out. And I'm like, well, just tell him to please leave the toilet seat down. And so she did. She had the conversation with the, with the, the homeowner, I guess. And that stopped happening. And I actually talked to her Friday night and she's like, you know, he's gone. I think he, he finally you know, 
saw that this was our home now and and he's moved on so you know we deal with that we deal with um what i call intelligent hauntings where you know there's there's something attached to the house or the land or you know whatever and you can go and you can ask questions and it'll kind of have a conversation you can go to places that are super haunted and with doors slamming and you know screams and all this other stuff and but it's it's more like a recorder like something that has been imprinted on in the walls or in the land itself and it sort of just repeats itself all the time because there was something there or something that happened or you know whatever that for whatever reason just sort of imprinted itself on the house and those those are hard like to get rid of because there's nothing really there it's 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 not really an energy that you can communicate with it's just something that's sort of been imprinted on the on the place i think if you go in with just an open mind and and you're at a place and you allow yourself the opportunity to see or experience something you you can and and even if you're not you're a skeptic i absolutely welcome skeptics to to let themselves be in a situation where something might happen jennifer says her family is totally on board with her ghost hunting i've taken all of my family there's this place up in virginia city called the washu club I've taken all of them up there. My At the time, my daughter was like two years old, and I have a trigger doll. She's a uh, Raggedy Ann doll, and, and my daughter's walking around the upstairs, which is supposed to be really haunted, holding this doll that's, you know, going off at different points in time, and she's like, yeah, it's fine. And um, my 17-year-old and I have gone back to Gettysburg uh, the last two years to investigate. So everyone's on board, which has been... Fun, which has been, made it really nice. Uh, we don't charge for our services. There, it's it's um, complimentary. And if anyone um, is looking to have you know a paranormal investigation at their home, I would recommend that you find a group that um, does not charge. People who tend to call us are people who are scared or nervous or want answers. And I think you do a disservice to people for charging. Uh, another thing, you know, if somebody comes into your home and says, you know, your your grandmother's china set is haunted, I would take that at face value. Don't let anybody walk off with any anything that they claim has an attachment that they're willing to get rid of for you. If, if someone lives in the Sacramento or Placer County area and have a potential investigation that you would like for us to go on, we would love to hear from you. We can be reached at, uh, we have a Facebook page under American River Paranormal, or our phone number is 916-827-0266, or even by email. Our email is Paranormal at gmail.com. files again (laughs) (laughs) that was so cool i loved it the creepy stories she has i know they were super creepy actually as okay i had a super creepy experience while i was editing that 
What? In, yeah. In fact, um, I had a couple creepy experiences with these two episodes. For one thing, the episode last week when you sent me the interview to listen to, it kept timing out as if someone didn't want me to listen to it. And it took me twice as long to hear the whole episode because it just kept stopping. Oh, no. I just planted a weird technology bug in it to fuck with you. Oh, oh, that's what that was. I clearly did that because I called it a technology bug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that was, would be. <laughs> that, that's good. That's good. That makes it really believable. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then while I was editing this episode, I, I stayed at, at work late. And every time the audio file would play, it sounded like there was some weird voices in the background and I would stop it and then I wouldn't hear it. And then it would play again and then I'd hear the voices again. And then sometimes it would be music and I was like, what is going on? Maybe she had something in the background, but it didn't sound, it didn't sound like it was like something she was playing in the background. It was really odd. And my office makes really weird noises. I mean, it's got these heating and air conditioning vents that are really loud. And then there's an elevator that makes a lot of noise. So there's a lot of noises, but then there's a lot of clanks and bangs. And it's just a noisy building, but it's also a little spooky when you're there by yourself. Yeah, late late at night. Yeah. So so I keep hearing this music. It's really weird. I try, you know, then I stop. And finally, I realize that my office mate whose desk is you know across from mine where we have these like cluster cubicle things uh-huh. uh she had left her radio on so not so spooky after not so all. spooky <laughs> but it's i could though you were able to find the source of the sound it's true i did go over there at one point to see and it didn't seem to be on and so you know anyway but she had she had left that on okay so. well that would have been creepy and kind of fun yeah yeah. So anyway, yeah, but I definitely want to go up and uh, meet Jennifer in person and have her maybe look at my parents' house or something, see if there's some ghosts there. Yeah. And also she invited us to come up and we'd go on a trip to Virginia City and she'd take us to some of her favorite spots there. That would be really fun. I would be down with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Road trip. Road trip for sure. <laughs> we would do an episode from Virginia City. Um. Also, I wanted to see if there are any ghosts in my house. So I actually downloaded an app. Ooh. Yeah, this is pretty great. So we're going to let's open this app up. One of the things that I thought was so interesting about the equipment that she uses is the digital tape recordings, recording something, asking a question on a tape recorder and not hearing anyone say anything, but then playing it back and getting voices. I did a bunch of searches online to see if anyone had posted stuff like that. And of course, there was a ton of it. I could not hear a fucking thing. Yeah. I don't know what they were saying. I mean, there, there's one guy I found who uses some kind of equipment and you could absolutely hear the voices on this thing. But I don't know. It sounds like he could be... I don't know. It, it, it also seemed like that could just be totally fake. You know, I, I would used to play watch with that... that. Ha- that- Sorry, you know, I used to watch that show, Ghost Hunters, Mm -hmm. and um, they would do that all the time. I'd never hear a thing. And they'd be like, ooh, I heard it. Kind of like when we talked to Renee, and people would be like, her co-hosts about the Bigfoot, and they'd all be convinced that they heard something, and she'd be like, "Uh, that's a normal Russell or something. So I don't know. I mean, I, I have a hard time hearing it. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but... Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't understand any of those things. And also, I, I find Ghost Hunters to be the show. Yeah. Completely 
frustrating and annoying to watch. I felt like I never could see anything or hear anything, and the storyline and and the episodes were so slow. I just was finally like, I'm not even scared. There's nothing, you know. Never scared, so. and yet I watched it for longer than I should have. I kept <laughs> watching, thinking maybe there'll be a cool one. Well, it's kind of fascinating. I mean, they're you yeah. know. I found them entertaining. I yeah, did find yeah. them like, all right, this guy knows his plumbing and stuff like that. Maybe it's cool. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know what I heard this week? I listened to um, My Favorite Murder. Uh, one of the girls talked about the Amityville Horror. Okay, yeah. Which was, which I didn't realize this part, or maybe I'd forgotten, because I totally loved that book and that movie as a kid. I loved horror movies as a kid. Oh. Way more than I do now. I can't really watch them as much now, <laughs> but as a kid, I was so into them. I loved being scared. I think there's a difference, though, now. Don't you think, like, movies, horror movies have gone to slasher movies, so your characters yeah. aren't as interesting, you're not invested in them. It's just about gore and tits, where at least before when it was about gore and tits, you had characters that maybe you were interested in and you were rooting for and there was a sense of actual danger because you did not want them to get hurt now i'm like when i watched jason i was like yeah murder all those assholes they're fucking (laughs) douchebags wanted them all dead i think that's how i felt about nightmare before or nightmare on elm street as well oh yeah kind of the same thing but i I don't know i mean the kind of movies that i was into as a kid really were spooky like Mm -hmm. the haunting and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I liked and the Kingdom psychological of the Spiders. Ones. I liked uh, Manchurian Candidate. And, oh, yeah. I, uh, I really loved Stepford Wives. It's one Stepford of the reasons Wives I loved Get Out so much. Like, that's a horror film. It's the psychological horror. I don't know. Yeah, I still need to see that. Yeah, Stepford Wives was one of my favorites. Yeah, and Amityville Horror. Yeah. And so, um, but, but I didn't realize there had been a... Um, I, I think I knew this at one point, but I had forgotten... Uh, there had been a terrible murder that had happened in that house mm-hmm. before the people who bought it mm-hmm. moved there. But then their whole ghost story thing turned out to be a total hoax. Weird. Yeah, funny, huh? <laughs> we get a lot of people at my new job. I work at an online real estate company now. We get a lot of questions about, are there uh, is there paranormal activity in this house? Uh, you have to legally in California say if there's a death on the property. And most people will say like, owner passed peacefully in the sleep or something like that. I did see one recently that uh, suspicious death on property and I was intrigued, but I think it's interesting that a lot of people ask about paranormal activity, which I would never think to ask for a house. Yeah. I think people are worried about murders in a house. Um, you only have to, it, you only have to reveal it if it's been three years or less. Ah, see, you do know the mm-hmm. actual, but that's what we get quite a bit. There's a lot of people. That's fascinating. It. I wouldn't think yeah. that you would get it. I wouldn't know if there had been recorded paranormal activity on anything, and people will keep coming back. And I'm like, yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I know you have to report if the cause of death was because of something in the house. So if it was like the there was a fire because the stove caught on fire and mm. made the house burn down, someone drowned in the pool. That makes or, sense. Or um, tripped over something, and you know bang their head I mostly just see it when it's a trust sale and you know it's their kids selling it and the owner passed away peacefully yeah exactly yeah I mean and you know it's called death on property which I think would be a great indie band name (laughs) (laughs) okay so we thought we would test this app out and see if we could pick up any ghosts in my house can I ask a question about this sure because this is an emf app 
I have an EMF app. This is actually an EVP app. What does EVP stand for? Uh, It's Electronic Voice Phenomenon. Okay. Now I have a question about this. Did I hear Jennifer correctly when she said that the EMF can be affected by cell phones and stuff? If the app is on the cell phone. I was hoping you were not going to ask this. Damn <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I, I would think we wouldn't get any good readings at all. So I have the app open. And okay, I'm going to start recording. Okay. And let's see what happens. Hi, is there anyone out there? Are there any spirits trying to talk to us tonight? What's your name? Are you alive? What did you do in your life? How old are you? How many people are with you? Are you a good person? Okay, let's see if we got anything. All right, let's see. Hi, is there anyone out there? Are there any spirits trying to talk to us tonight? What's your name? Are you alive? Okay, I don't think we need to keep going through this. I don't hear a thing, do you? No, no. I at hear all. my cat purring because she's sitting right here next to us. Yeah. Are you a good person? I heard me creaking as I moved in my chair. <laughs> yeah. So this room, at least, is not haunted. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. So anyway, we tried. I don't know if I'd be able to hear anything anyway. Yeah, as we already said, we never can hear anything. <laughs> exactly. At some point, we'll go with Jennifer and see if some of her equipment actually can pick some stuff up, because I think that would be really fun. I think it would be a great time. Let's do it. Okay. As always, thank you all for listening. And thanks for giving us your feedback and the awesome ratings on iTunes. Loving it. You can also follow us on Twitter at RUFSM Podcast and the same on Facebook. And if you have any questions, go to our website, RUFSMPodcast.com and send us an email. We'd love to, to hear from you. And we'll put up some links. We'll have a link to Jennifer's organization. And I'm also going to put up some links to some ghost hunting footage, just because there's some fun videos out there. And it's kind of fun to see what people do. It's super fun. Yeah. It, uh, we, it, this episode was just fun. It was just, you know, that's that's what it's all about. We're just having fun right now, because yeah. everything else is garbage. No, <laughs> cut that <Yeah>. out. <laughs> um, no, everything else is garbage. Have a spooky week. Bye. <laughs> Until next week, I'm April. I'm Rachel. Bye. Bye.